<laughs> All right. Today we've got Fred Leno. Fred, thanks so much for joining. Thanks, Joe. First question, same as always. Uh, refresh our memory. What were you doing before INSEAD and what have you been up to for the last 20 years? Yeah, before INSEAD, uh, following my engineering degree, I worked for uh, nine years, including uh, six years for uh, Procter & Gamble, uh, where I did supply chain uh, type of jobs internationally and a uh, variety of jobs and a couple of years in, uh, in consulting as well with PricewaterhouseCoopers trying to restructure Airbus. So, oh, boy. So quite different. So what would... What does supply chain for P&G mean? Well, it started, you know, uh, very, uh, very detailed uh, in a factory in the north of France, in the middle of nowhere. Uh, I was 23. I had to uh, manage uh, 30 workers on the line production uh, with lift trucks. It was really a microcosmos, you know, uh, we claw like we say in French, and, and you have to... Uh, to make it work and to uh, to get to to know everybody, very different from what I did afterwards because of short parks, everybody has a view; it's the open air. But uh, you learn mm -hmm. a lot, obviously, in a factory in terms of the dynamic. And then I went to um, uh, Brussels in uh, one of the headquarters, and then you you learn a, a bit more the politics, isn't it? <laughs> and uh, and how to uh, to launch projects. I, I launched projects in Japan. I launched uh, helped launching a franchise across continents, across products. So it was a totally different dynamic between the factory uh, momentum and the headquarter transnational one. Oh, what 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 wonderful cross training at an early stage in your career. That's that's great. And, and talk a little bit about Airbus. What was that like trying to? You know, and Herbert, yeah, yeah, that was that was Europe, my friend, <laughs> with everybody mm -hmm. trying to hold on their their benefits. So the, the whole point was to try to 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 make Airbus uh, an efficient company, knowing that uh, heritage is uh, British, German, French, and they all want to hold on their their jobs and their know-how. But it cannot work like this, obviously. So we were trying to make compromise. Okay, how much does Bremen leave? How much does Toulouse leave? And let's not overlap, etc. So it was also a, a bit political, but but fascinating. Yeah, to work uh, with all those nationalities as well. And uh, and at the time, uh, at Airbus, I'm talking about uh, 2001. Uh, they were looking, it was so-called the Tiger team, looking for a couple of thousand kilograms too much on the A380. I think they found it mm. then, but it was not enough to make it really fly, <laughs> as we learned. Oh, so the, the, the plane was too heavy to fly, so you had, you had to cut yeah, some yeah, off so it. Yeah, so the engineering team was really looking uh, to save a few kilograms, but, but obviously the, this plane was not a big success, too big, too expensive, uh -huh. you know, and, and it was discontinued uh, a few decades afterwards, but it was nice. I've got a question about your decision to go to NCAA. For those that don't know Fred, you probably can't tell by his accent, but he is French. Um, <laughs> what, what, what's it like being a French person deciding to stay in your own country and go to this, you know, quote unquote, international business school? Yeah, I must admit it was it was a very pragmatic choice, uh, considering mm -hmm. uh, we have uh, one of the top school uh, next door. So I thought, you know, at the time I was with the mother, Aurélie, many of you know, of my kids. And uh, it was so convenient for her, obviously, to continue working and at the same time uh, do the touch rugby, rugby every Monday night. 
<laughs> so <laughs> that's why I, I thought I would give it a try, uh, knowing that it was not so obvious because it's, I think it's like ten percent or even less French uh, at Insel. But, but yeah, yeah, I yeah. was gifted. Yeah, well, definitely. Yeah, I, I don't league. think the French are even like a, a top five or top ten uh, in terms of numbers. Uh, at least with Mary American, Sir Joe. I think they are so clear. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, so, so uh, you did INSEAD, and what, what have you done for the last 20 years? Yeah, well, uh, for the last 20 years, uh, I, I eventually, it was a bit uh, a rough sea, but I eventually entered 17 years ago uh, an industry I really uh, care about, which is the uh, energy transition. So but, but um, before that, I, maybe some of the, the challenging years or the interesting ones. What were those? Well, I guess what first three years like challenging, you my friend. while you were figuring. First, first, my first challenge was to, was um, the interview to enter INSEAD. I remember this interview at AXA Tower, in the west of the business district of, of Paris, and I was trying to explain this insurance guy. Very typical French guy, you know, from Grandes Ecoles, who believes in nuclear power only. That the future is renewable energy, and the windmills are actually uh, efficient and will be profitable at some point. Now they are, but 20 years ago they were not. And he mm -hmm. was really looking at me with big eyes, and uh, he interviewed me twice, you know, <laughs> to get into INSEAD. So that was the first hurdle I made it. And then during INSEAD, with a few others, we were into that already. Uh, Philippe Gilson was more into solar. I was a lot into onshore wind. It all came with this movie by Al Gore, another fellow American, and the, and the global warming uh, movie, which was uh, stunning for me. And I thought, I need to do something uh, at my scale uh, about this. And uh, looking at the literature, I saw that the most efficient alternative to fossil fuel was obviously not nuclear, considering already the cost and uh, the waste and the risk, but uh, onshore wind. At the time, it was onshore wind. So I tried to, that was my case, uh, to join INSEAD. And, uh, and then over INSEAD, I went to Hanover, Husum, because the Germans are, are best at that, and, uh, and build up a network. But I could not really secure a position living INSEAD. So then... I, I joined our dear friend Panos in a startup uh, we put together uh, after raising some funds in Brussels. Uh, I entered one of my consulting clients at Novartis, where uh, I interacted a bit with Sandrine. Uh, I thought, well, maybe I will not save the, the planet, but if I, I can save a few uh, humans, you know, <laughs> it's maybe a good place to be, uh, Novartis, and it, and it was cool. But I still had my uh, little windmills in my mind. And at some point, I got called by some people from my network who, who told me, uh, OK, we would like you to, uh, to join us uh, and to, take, uh, to be the, the CEO of a group of uh, 1.5 people. <laughs> and uh, that's how it all started. <laughs> and this is three years. And I cut so, my so, salary so you... by, by 30%. And it took me, yeah. Yeah, it took me uh, two years to, to after INSEAD to get into my my dream industry. Also, because before, obviously, uh, you know, INSEAD was. You, I don't know if you remember, Joe, but we were told, yeah, you should refuse any salary below eighty k, eighty one hundred k, whatever. And this industry could not pay you like that. So I refused a few positions, and at some point, I thought, I will cut my salary and I will enter the industry, and uh, and that's how it, it all started. 
So you got you got recruited to be the CEO of a of a of a tiny one or two person company. Yeah, exactly. Uh, talk about so, that. What, what was the company? <laughs> who, who were these people? What was the company doing? So yeah, like I told you, I, I believed in uh, onshore wind at the time because it was uh, relatively cost efficient. It was like 100 euro per megawatt hour when uh, the alternatives were around 60. So it was not too subsidized. Solar power was at 200, 300. So out, totally out of business. And and guess what? I, had, I started with offshore wind <laughs> because those guys wanted to start offshore wind, which was really in its infancy. It started in the 90s in Denmark. Then the British did it quite well in 2000, but and the Germans, but uh, there was nothing in France, for instance. So I thought, well, offshore wind is something very much uh, for the future, <laughs> uh, but why not? And uh, and and I started to 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 really uh, with with uh, with a, a, a green paper uh, and thinking, okay, what makes uh, offshore wind uh, relevant? Well, it make, it's relevant if it's cheap enough. For this, you need wind. For this, you need a decent depth. For this, we need a, a ground which is not too rocky but sandy. You need a connection point. You need uh, uh, you should not be in front of Mont Saint Michel or, or a very uh, typical site, etc., etc. And then with my small team, because progressively we grew, we we developed a program. Uh, actually, half of the French program. So it's 1.5 gigawatt. It's electricity for two, two million households, roughly. We developed this with a, a bunch of people, five or ten, uh, a couple of sites which are on the west coast, Atlantic Ocean or English Channel. And it was, yeah, it was so funny, my friend. Uh, it was a mixture of uh, meeting the senators, going to the to the prime minister to talk the the areas. The day after, uh, being with the fishermen. We were, uh, ex- were explaining that they would <laughs> throw you into the port if you come up with this funky idea a second time. So it was, it was so funny. So funny, but over time, we, we managed to, to explain to the territories that, yes, it's a revolution. It's not a transition. It's really a revolution. And, and there will be winners. Those who take the jobs, who f- set the factories first, will be the first movers, and there will be winners, and there will be others. So progressively, we managed to... To grow the idea, but what, what exactly did the company do? Were you were you building we these were things? Promoters. Were you running them? With... We were okay. promoters, so we were spotting the sites. We were, let's say, uh, trying to define the, the, the area of uh, less uh, constraint with the stakeholders, and then we were at some point uh, proposing the a permit to the authorities with the idea to construct, etc. But I'm talking, Joe, about uh, 2008. And now, mm-hmm. only 15 years later, those parks are being built. So it has been a very, very long journey. More than usual, because they were the first, but it has been a very long journey. I see. So you're, you're sort of, you're, you're getting over all of the, let's call them bureaucratic hurdles, you know, yeah, from exactly. local, local stakeholders to government officials and whatnot, get, getting all the approvals in place. Then presumably yeah. you bring in a big developer to actually build the the damn thing, and maybe another company to run the the farm. Blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know each project is an investment of two billion, so it's huge. Uh, you you bring boats uh, that cost you one hundred k euro per day. So imagine if you have a storm, uh, it's uh, it's it's 
huge tonnage of uh, of concrete, of iron, etc. So yeah, yeah, it's really building a cathedral. So I've been doing that later on, but those years, those early years, were about igniting the the flame. So going to that's why at some point I became president of the French Wind Power Association because I had to involve myself not only on the regional level and on the technology level, but also on the political level to lobby uh, the French authority and basically to explain that, yes, we will build factories in Le Havre, in Cherbourg, which we did. So now there are jobs because they are building the blades, they are building the, uh, the gearbox, uh, and, and it's actually uh, quite a success. But, but at that time, it was a lot of uh, communication and explanations. Help me understand. I've got a really naive question. So this, this clearly somebody had some, some long-term vision, shall we say, for this company. Like, had, how did it work financially with this company? Because yeah, I, I assume yeah, you weren't yeah. making any money until you know. Maybe you still aren't really making any money. So what, what's is is this sort of you know very speculative early stage venture funders that are that are that are backing this? Well, they they, they were Germans. So uh, as a matter of fact, they they already had success onshore. And yes, like you said, they were clearly visionaries. The company name is uh, WPD. It's from the north of Germany. Uh, Gernot Blanke was one of the shareholders. And, and this gentleman, yes, yeah, saw that we need to use uh, 70, what is 70% of the Earth's surface, which is the sea. Uh, and, uh, and it is true because nowadays, uh, 20 years later, we can, uh, it's one of the cheapest electricity sometimes cheaper than onshore. And obviously, you can have a massive production. So, yes, those people, frankly speaking, uh, because, yeah, it took them, I think, 10, 15 years to to have their return. But I tell you, they, they had their return because then they became mm-hmm. shareholders. They only got 20% because, obviously, I told you the investment. Uh, they had to sell to, to EDF to name them. Uh, but they got a very, very good premium uh, at the sell time and at, and at uh, the permitting time on their 20%. So it was ultimately a good deal, but it was uh, took time to materialize. And they were, they were so, so very is, entrepreneurial. It, it was these German guys who had faith in technology. They looked at the map and said, oh, yeah, France has much better coastline for this. Let's do this in France and let's hire Fred to spend 15 years clearing all the hurdles in France to, to, to allow this to happen. Yeah, it's a good summary, I guess, except yeah. that I only stayed three years in this company. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. All right. I didn't realize. I, I, I was in the impression you've been doing this for the last 15 years. Well, then t- tell us no, what, what no, you've been up to actually, since. Actually, I've been in, in four companies uh, over uh-huh. that period. I started over there and it was great. But the bemol was that it was too far away for me. I needed to to do something more present to actually build uh, the, the structure. Mm-hmm. And uh, when Hydrix called me to uh, join uh, a pure player, which is called EDP, Energy du Portugal, Energy of Portugal uh, Renewable, uh, I was very interested because I could uh, manage a, a bigger team, fifty people, uh, on France and Benelux on onshore technologies. So that's that's how I, I joined, and I, and I was again the CEO of uh, of uh, France and Benelux, and it, it was great. Uh, we we started to develop a park, 500 megawatts. So it's like uh, 
yeah, um, like uh, 50, 40, 40 parks spread in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, it was also more present because at the time, like I said, it was the most mature technology and it was other type of issues. Now you are really in the countryside uh, with uh, uh, neighbors fighting each other with uh, all the <laughs> you know, villages, stories, and, uh, and the NIMBY as well, which exists anywhere, not in my backyard, you know, uh, story, yeah, yeah. Uh, which, is, which is stronger. So we had to uh, yeah, develop uh, strategies, a lot of communication uh, to progressively uh, grow the company. But, but, but we, did, we did well. Uh, it took me a bit of time to convince uh, EDPR to enter offshore. Uh, and we did. We won uh, 100% of uh, what's called a round two together via an alliance with NG. Uh, and then we we were, we won a project of Noirmoutier Island. Some of you, some of you know it, of uh, Treport, which is in Normandy, northern Normandy. So it was also uh, it was a continuity, but uh, more material. And uh, and yeah, I, I started to really run a little group with all the functions, having to think about how to how to best assemble the interest of every silo, and to make everybody. Uh, pull in the same direction. So that was, yeah, that's what I did. project that... Yeah. Well, no, yeah, it was, it was on short One was similar uh-huh. because we happened to win it with a different company at the tender because over time, France launched tenders like, like all the countries. Interestingly, we also entered the floating technology. I don't know if you're familiar with this, Joe, is that now, obviously, I said that 70% of the ocean of the planet Earth is is sea, but ninety seven percent of it is extra deep. So you have a problem if you found it uh, in the ground, which was the firmer technology. So the solution to that, to some extent, is to make them float, like it happened uh, in uh, offshore uh, oil rig. So there were several attempts, and uh, and EDP was uh, one of the pioneers uh, to make. A two megawatts, so it's, it's a big turbine, you know, like a 70 meter blade length, uh, rotating off Porto in Portugal. And this turbine survived several storms, waves of 11 meters, had a rather good production with a system equilibrating. So we, we managed to uh, promote this technology as well. And, to, uh, and now there are some of them which are about to be built in uh, the Mediterranean. And, in, and for the reason I mentioned, it's also a big chunk of the future uh, e- electrical mix. So we, we also want, want this tender. And in the meantime, like I said, I, I, I became president of the French Wind Power Association so that in this country, which is so pro-nuclear, <laughs> we have one voice which talk loud about uh, uh, the alternative, which is, which is not only green, but now cheap. And, uh, and I think it's the whole point to make this energy revolution happen. So I did that. And, uh, and... Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I, I did. I managed this, uh, this uh, subsidiary uh, between 2000, 2010 and 2017. And it happened that uh, my VP, when I was president of the French Wind Power Association, uh, was uh, the founder of a, of a mid-sized group a French one from Bordeaux, and uh, obviously Bordeaux, Joe, I had to accept <laughs> the proposal to to become the CEO of this group, 
And, uh, and then I became a group CEO for the first time. Uh, it was uh, seven years ago. Uh, and since then, I worked also in Germany. And, and then, obviously, it was a very different dynamic, a bit more people, 200 people. Uh, when I left, it was more like 400 people. And over four years, we managed to, uh, yeah, to, to do uh, unglamorous things like uh, exit some countries, such as uh, Haiti, such as Ukraine. Uh, which is uh, not obvious, was not obvious already in 2016, obviously even more now, uh, but also uh, put more money in some countries like Finland, uh, in Poland, where you have different merits. Uh, for instance, uh, in Finland, Joe, you can uh, really, it's a super big space, so you can plant uh, like 50 turbines and really make electricity very cheap. And in a future where you, these countries will produce green hydrogen, to, it makes a lot of sense to have a, a big production pool. So that's some of the things we did. And this group, this, group, this group built the turbines or they operated them or all of the above? We were, we were on the both side of the value chain, developing promoters. That's where mm-hmm. the value is. Because if you, you know, it's like uh, in Texas, the guy who has the land with the uh, oil. If you have the land with the wind and the permit, you, you have the value. And, and mm-hmm. then, uh, so we were at this early stage and we're still, and obviously, uh, but also constructing, building, financing, and operating for like 30 years. So we were, but we were not manufacturing uh, the turbine. I mentioned a lot of the turbines, but we did also a lot of with Valorem, which was my former company uh, in France. We were also uh, into solar power which is obviously very super interesting as well. You can have economies of scale at the factory stage and uh, the cost curve is going down uh, still uh, and quickly, but obviously it doesn't produce in the night. It doesn't produce so much in the winter. That's why you need uh, you need uh, all technologies or renewable energy technology, but the, the bunch, the big chunk of it will be between wind and, uh, and solar. Mm-hmm. Can you hear me? I can hear you great. Yeah, yeah. And and this is what you're doing now, you. or have you moved on to something else? Ah, sorry. All right, you're back. You're back. Minor okay, technical detail, difficulty. Yeah, yeah we'll you're back. To. Okay, cool. So, so uh, the, the, where, where are we in 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 the in time? Is this, is this your current role at, the, at this at this group, or have you moved on to? Do you, are you so, doing something else right now? Yeah, I'm doing something else now. I, I did this uh, C- group CEO uh, between 2017 and 2021, uh, ex-Bordeaux. And then uh, I left because like, like all the colleagues, I, I, I also uh, had to work with, with a founder, uh, with a family business. And, and, and you have to obviously um, uh, well uh, create an equilibrium with, with you as a CEO. And, uh, and, and I left and I joined a, a German group. So it was another challenge uh, in uh, Saxony, <laughs> so ex-East Germany. Uh, it was a bit of a gamble because I was not speaking German at the time. I'm speaking a little bit now, but it's, a tough, it's not so easy to learn. And, uh, but they picked me and, uh, and it was a lot of fun because this time it was like 10 countries uh, and a group of 500 people roughly doing mm. kind of the same thing, but also with storage, because obviously the more uh, 
volatile energy you put on the grid, the more storage you need. So now it's a big thing to store energy. Uh, with also um, uh, batteries and uh, recharging point for cars. That's part of the, the network of solution. And, um, and a, big, a little bit of hydrogen production as well, which, which is obviously a, a must-do for to fuel uh, the planes, for instance, in the future. So what was great, this group was bigger, more international, and, uh, and over there it was uh, a lot of structuration. How can you make a, you know, a, a startup bunch of cowboys, Indians, uh, into more professional uh, type of companies uh, with uh, proper controlling, uh, proper accounting, uh, hopefully a bit of quality uh, processes throughout the company. So... Yeah, that's what this is. Wait, so, so hold on, hold on. So, so the, the the Germans are the cowboys, and the French guys coming in to, <laughs> to introduce some structure and. Uh... Ah yeah, we could have a, de- a oh. debate. Yeah, the, the French are probably a bit more uh, uh, wild than the Germans. I must admit, <laughs> I learned that. <laughs> But uh, well, that, that's fantastic. I mean, I, I'm seeing a wonderful little little narrative arc here, where you you know, before you even started INSEAD, you you decided that this this wind stuff was the future, this green energy stuff. You, you yeah. had some false starts, but you've I, I'm guessing you've become, if not the most you know known, respected wind person in France, maybe at the top three or top five in in, in your entire market. That's that's an, or maybe all of Europe. That's that's amazing. Yeah, we are, we are a few, but uh, it's a small world, yeah, so we, we know each other. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't regret. Uh, it was there. It's something we, we need to do, and, uh, and, uh, and, and technology also, and the number make, make it cost-efficient now. So when you can, at the same time, Congratulations. help, help uh, yeah, uh, your environment and, and make a, a choice which makes business change, business uh, let, let me uh, sense it, it makes a lot of sense let, let me ask you the, uh, the the last question to wrap up the the, the conversation so uh, it's a two-parter uh, based on where you are you know professionally personally is there anything we can do as the community to help you and vice versa what are you able to do to to help us mm-hmm. the, the community of, of, of alums in our promotion Well, you know, I was like you, Cho, uh, in October at uh, at Fontainebleau, and only meeting the, the people, the good old friends, and and the other ones as well, and trying to to know them uh, better is already a gift. You know, I think we have this community uh, of people, and it's it's and we know so little of each other because it was only ten months and so so long ago. So that's why I was super grateful to. Uh, I think it's Rebecca, or we put together just a list of where mm, people yeah. are and their telephone. And now when I'm going to a city, or I always look a little bit on this list and, and try to pick up the phone and, uh, and hopefully meet those people and, and dine together. And uh, So are you still with me, Joe? Yes, yes. Yep, yep, yep. Yes, I can hear you. I'm guessing you not be able, you may not be able to hear me. Oh, it looks like uh, to the listener, Fred's having you, some minor technical difficulties. Uh, yeah, it's cutting a bit. So I will try to maybe change position. Yeah, I will try to go somewhere else because maybe it doesn't help. But yeah, but basically, I was saying that uh, yeah, 
uh, only only being able to to meet the people when you travel to one city or the other is great. Obviously, I've been working over 20 countries, including Colombia or others. So for me, it makes a lot of sense when I, I consider entering a country to to call the couple, couple of INSEAD alumni and talk about uh, their country and, and the talents because we need to recruit. Uh, and to your second question, uh, well, obviously, well, you, you know now I'm, I'm quite uh, I'm in this industry for a while and it's a, it's a concern for many companies. So now we, we, we supply what we call power purchase agreement, so direct sale to companies. And uh, that can be of interest for, for many uh, of, our, uh, of our companies across the uh, INSEAD community. For instance, wonderful. Uh, so, if you want to get a meal or buy some green energy, uh, Fred's the guy to uh, to talk to. Uh, Fred, thank you so yeah. so much for taking the time. Uh, it's been very interesting, and yeah. I'm really uh, impressed with your story. There, there <laughs> thank we go. you, that Joe, too. for running this this show. Thank you. It's a pleasure. <laughs> All right. Ciao.